It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Praise God. Back in your Bibles to where Pastor Leah was, Romans chapter 12. We're studying the authority of the believer. Now, one of the things we want to do and, and that we are attempting to do by the Word of God, and, and certainly the Word can do it if you allow it, is to change your mindset when it comes to, uh, to authority. You know, we talked about in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So the enemy is always trying to exalt the knowledge of something else over the knowledge of God. You know, the knowledge of a sickness or a disease, the knowledge of poverty or lack, the no whatever it may be, he tries to exalt that over the knowledge of what God says about that situation. Don't let him do it. That's why we have authority in the spirit realm. Then we saw in Isaiah 55 last week, God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, they're higher. Then it talked about the snow and the rain that comes down, waters the earth so it can bud and bring forth. Literally, the thoughts of God bring us into the processes of God. If we can learn to think the thoughts of God, then we can learn to walk in the processes of God. Now, the authority that God gives us in Christ, that we have as believers, listen, it's one of the lost doctrines of the church that, that the enemy has fought for years to keep out of the church in relegating God to this very passive role of just sitting up in heaven and according to his sovereignty, maybe every once in a while doing a little something that helps people know he's still around. But that's not true at all. God, through his son Jesus Christ, regained for mankind the authority that mankind lost back in the garden. That dominion, that authority over everything, over the earth, over the things that fly in the sky, over the things that swim in the sea, and over every creeping thing, and over the spirit realm was restored, not to preachers, not to apostles, not to prophets, but to believers. Amen. Now let me say this, you have that authority. Amen. I'm telling you, you have that authority, you have it over debt, you have it over addiction, you have it over cancer, you have it over authority, you have, that authority belongs to you. But you have to use that authority and you have to understand that authority has to be the preeminent thinking in your mind. You know, the enemy's always trying to put in the, well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if this happens? Or what if that? You can't live on the what ifs. You've got to determine some truths in your life and stand on those established truths no matter what happens. And so the Word of God literally designs, uh, for lack of a better uh, uh, explanation, a security system. Whether we know it or not, in our nation, we have a multi-layered security system. I mean, we've got all types of satellites and radars. Uh, uh, you know, we've got uh, missiles that are deployed where if somebody shoots a missile at us, we shoot at that missile, try to knock it down out of the, out of the sky. And then you have, you have federal uh, uh, agencies that, you know, gather information on terrorists and all kind of people that would harm, harm and hurt. You've got, uh, you've got state law enforcement agencies. You've got local law enforcement agencies. Then you have your own Security systems. How many lock your door at night? Amen. I mean, how many, how many, how many have an alarm system on your house? I mean, we have our own uh, uh, alarm systems. We have our own security systems. Not only that, many of us, this is Texas, so, you know, don't write me no letters. <laughs> many of us are armed. Amen. You said, you said, would you shoot somebody? Well, it depends on what they were doing. 
That's yet to be determined, amen. But the, the deal is, is I'm not going to let someone break into my house, harm my wife and child, take all of my stuff without resistance. I say resistance. But it's amazing. There's a lot of people that think that, but then they go to church and they hear some watered down doctrine and they don't have any resistance. They don't have any authority. They don't understand anything about God's security systems in setting up something in their life, which will prevent a lot of the junk that the devil wants to do to you from ever happening. Not only that, it empowers you to help deliver other people. Amen. Now, did you find Romans chapter 12? Leah just gave us a, a what was that, message Bible? And what, what was the other translation? It was all out of the message? All right, let me read in the King James. I'll read in the Amplified. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amplified, I appeal, to, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, to this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas, its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good, acceptable, and perfect in his sight for you. Amen? Now, everybody say mindset change. We are teaching this so you will have a mindset change. In your mind, you will no longer think defensively. You will think offensively. You will no longer think being intimidated. You need to become the one that's the intimidator. Now, we're talking about the spiritual realm, amen, with devils, demons, all that kind of stuff. That you will no longer get up in the morning and get chased all over Galveston Island and Galveston County by the devil. You're going to get up and chase him around. Amen. And when you get up in the morning, the devil says, oh, no, they're up again. You need to literally allow the word of God to put that type of thinking in you. Now, notice what it says. First of all, it talks about our bodies. Now, the problem with our physical flesh is if you ever lived in sin very long, your physical flesh is conditioned to sin. It sins automatically. Many of the habits that we pick up, many of the addictions that we get, it's just an automatic programming of our body to take into itself or to do to itself something that is negative or destruction or harmful. <laughs> I told the early, I don't know how I remember this. I don't know how I remember these things. I guess I get an anointing, my mind gets enlightened. But I remember uh, years ago, an advertisement for Salem cigarettes. Anybody remember Salem cigarettes? How do you remember that? They were nasty. I mean, they were, you know, they were nasty cigarettes. But anyway, I remember the advertisement. The advertisement, the catchphrase they used for Salem cigarettes were this, alive with pleasure. Y'all remember that? Alive with, like, you know, smoke something that's going to give you cancer and, and it's alive with pleasure, you know. Well, you know, that's kind of what the world wants you to think about Christianity, about serving God, is that if you serve God, there's no more pleasure. 
But I want you to know if you serve God, you're going to come alive with pleasure. Because the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. But what the enemy does with sin and unrighteousness and iniquity is to trick people into doing things that are destructive to their physical bodies and their bodies get conditioned. Their feet take them to the wrong things. Their hands do the wrong things with the wrong materials. You put it, you inhale it, you snort it, you drink it, you, you inject it, you do all kinds of stuff with it. Not only that, then it begins to condition itself with different emotions. Anger. Come on, church. All, of the, all these different things have their roots where? In our minds. In our minds. So you have to reprogram. Now, we use that word reprogram. People get real real kind of, well, pastor, you got to be careful because somebody may think you're trying to brainwash people around here. Well, let me help you with that. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to get your brain washed with the word of the, with the water of the word of God to get all the dirt out of the corners and all the places so that your mind will be squeaky clean. Leah explained to me years ago, it's not good to be squeaky clean. (laughs) It means you got bad water. Anyway, so that you'll be cleaned and conditioned. How about that, sweetie? Does that work? Cleaned and conditioned. Anyway, God wants to do what? He wants to reprogram your thinking to where, you know, a, a pain comes in your body. You don't think, oh my God, I got I to gotta run to the doctor. Let's go to urgent care and do this, do that. No, automatically this comes out of your mouth. No, not in the name of Jesus. I don't receive that. That's not of God. Amen. I mean, maybe you've had allergies for years. And and this year you make a decision. I'm not going to have allergies. I'm going to stand in my authority in Christ Jesus. And sure enough, about September the 15th or 20th, here comes that first cool front end and all the pollen hits the air. And all of a sudden your nose starts running and you go into the mirror and you say, in the name of Jesus, I am not having allergies this year. I'm taking authority over them and I'm standing in faith. You have to learn to break those strongholds in your mind that control your flesh. The same thing with anger. If you struggle with addiction, you say, well, Pastor, I love God. I'm still coming to church, but man, I'm still struggling with tobacco. I'm still struggling, struggling with alcohol. I don't know what to do. You make a decision to present your body unto God as a living sacrifice. The Bible says in the Amplified, that is part of your spiritual worship. That's why when you come to church, you let your feet bring you to church. You let your hands lift up to God. Come on, church. I mean, the Spirit of God come on you, or even if it doesn't, you need to dance, you just dance before the Lord. You need to run, you just run. It's amazing how the more you yield your body to worship, the more control you have over it. Amen. The Bible says it's your spiritual worship. Then it says, be not conformed to this world. It's talking about the system, which means there is a process of confirmation to the world system. It happens to all of us. It starts in grade school through education, the news, our ethnic background, our geographical location, our educational uh, level that we get to. All of these factors factor into us conforming to the world system. I want you to know I'm a nonconformist. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not happy when the, when the Democrats are in and sad when the Republicans are out. And happy when the Republicans are in and sad when the Democrats are out. I don't care what the stock market does. It doesn't matter to me who wins the Super Bowl. Not many amens on that, is there? I like all those things. I like sports. I like hobbies. I like all those good things. But listen, I don't keep my joy in the system of this world. 
I don't keep my joy in the confirmation of this world system. And I'm telling you, this world system, now listen to me very closely, this world system is designed to make you a victim. It is victim mentality. There are mountains of books written every year about victimization and being a victim. There are television shows. There are doctors that specialize in it. And one of the things they want to do is they want to identify your problem. They want you to be identified as the victim of that problem. And they want to treat that the rest of your life. They don't want you set free by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? There ain't no money in it. So whatever self-help book you're reading... You say, what do you mean self-help book? You can't help yourself. You need the Lord. You need Jesus. You need to put that thing down and pick up the Word of God and begin to renew your mind, reprogram your mind, take a good brainwashing. Now, have you, have you ever studied that term, brain, brainwash? You know, here, well, you go down there, they just brainwash you. Have you ever really studied what that, that term came out of what we call the Cold War? Y'all know the Cold War was after World War II when, when it seemed all of the, uh, the major powers of the world became equipped with nuclear weapons and the, and the, and the theory of uh, mutual destruction became relevant, which, you know, well, if we, if we get into a war with each other, then we just destroy the whole planet. And so what they call a Cold War started. There was a lot of covert activity, spies here, spies there, all this kind of stuff. So when a, a nation would capture a spy of another country, the first thing they'd want to do is deprogram them. They would do things like sleep deprivation and use drugs, all kinds of stuff, because they wanted to unload or download all the information they had. Then they wanted to reprogram them so that they could use them as an agent on their side against the nation that they came from, called a double agent. Now, the same process is what God wants to go on in your life. You say, what do you mean? He wants to download. He wants to unload all of the negative information of your life. You say, is he going to help me forget my past? No, he's going to help you learn to live with it. Let me try that again. No, you're not going to forget it. He's going to help you. He's going to give you grace to learn to live with no matter what your past is like. He'll put grace upon you to do that. But then what he wants to do is to begin to download all of that negative information. He wants to unload that out of you, which makes you subject to the world system. Because, honey, they're going to pull you. They're going to put you in a box. They're going to tie you up with a bow. And they're going to hand it to you and say, this is the way your life is going to be no matter what. Well, I want you to know God wants you to break out of that box. He don't want you in a black box. He don't want you in a white box. He don't want you in a Hispanic box. He don't want you in any kind of box. He don't want you in a rich box. He don't want you in a poor box. He don't want you in an educated box or an uneducated box. He wants to break the box down so that you can live free in Jesus Christ. <laughs> I remember. I was the second trip I made to the Philippines back in 1990. I was teaching on redemption. And I got over to teaching on the cross. You know, Paul says in Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself for me. So I'm teaching on the cross, teaching on death, teaching on how the cross was our cross, his death is our death. And so it just, I just before I could stop it, it just came out of me. I said, you know your problem with you Filipinos? And everybody's looking at about 400 pastors and their wives are all looking at me. I said, the problem is you're a Filipino. Boy, you could have heard a pin drop. And they kind of looked at me and I said, 
You act like one. You talk like one. You walk like one. You conform to the culture. But God has an answer. Here's what he wants to do. He wants to kill you. And that got him even more stirred up. You say, what do you mean by that? That's exactly the process that God has given us through redemption. He don't want you in any ethnic box. He don't want you in any cultural box. Listen, all of your problems are because of, and you can fill in the blank. You say, what do you mean? All of your problems are because you're a man. All of your problems are because you're a woman. All of your problems are because you're a black man or a white man or a Hispanic man or an Oriental man or whatever kind of man you may be. Or your problems are because you're a woman. Or it's because you didn't get an education and it's too much. Or you didn't get any education and it's not enough. There's a million reasons why you are conformed to this world and world system. And the system takes full advantage of it. Come on, church. They manipulate people by the masses. They can do it with just about every news story. They can do it with just about every situation. And they manipulate the masses with it. It's part of the world system. But the good news is you can get delivered from it. You can be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That means new thoughts are coming in. We talked about it last week, out of the Word of God. What does God think about salvation? It's real simple. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. What does he think about healing? By his stripes, we were healed. If we were, then we are. If we are, then we am. I know that's not good English, but that's the way I say it. Amen? Listen, what does God think about finances? Well, he wants us all as Christians to take a deep vow of poverty. Not me. I took a vow of prosperity. My God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you you literally are able to respond according to the word of God instead of responding to your programming in the world system. Now, we talked about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Lee and I at our house, we've got two little, I guess they're bug zappers. I think that was the brand name of them. They're about this big and, and, and about that wide. And uh, out on our porch, uh, we get some mosquitoes out there. We kind of live on the, on the bay shore, and so there's mosquitoes that get out there. So the other night we had them out and had them turned on, and there was a bunch of mosquitoes out there. I mean, they were just coming. But it was really neat to watch what happened to them. As they flew, now this thing has a purple uh, U-shaped light and it's got a screen. Now obviously that screen is hot, charged. Because those mosquitoes come flying in there and zzz, they're done. <laughs> just, a, just a thing of smoke. <laughs> and a horsefly must have flew into one of them. Remember that? And it just flamed up. <laughs> Amen. Now, in my mind, that's what I like to see in my mind. That I have this supernatural power source because all these thoughts are constantly coming at me. You're not going to make it. You're never going to build that church. You know, you probably won't even have anybody come next week. I mean, you know, your zipper's down. There's something hanging out of your nose. Come on. I'm the one that's got to get up here and do this. So I've had to learn how to fight those thoughts. So I got this screen in my mind 
that's empowered by the Word of God. Somebody asked me one time, what would you do if your zipper was there? Let's zip it up. <laughs> hey, man, it's not that hard to figure out. Some problems are really easy to fix. <laughs> Amen. So those thoughts come in and zzz, zzz, zzz. You have to have a response in your mind to that which the enemy tries to put on you. Because if you allow him, he always tries to oppress. But if you respond to his oppression, he will obsess you with something. You can be obsessed with a sickness or disease. You can be obsessed with something. Listen, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd all be obsessed with dying. I was talking to a guy the other day. And, you know, it was a conversation about a situation in his life. And I asked him the question, what's the worst that could happen? He thought for a minute. He said, I guess I'd die. I said, that's the worst? Yeah, I guess so. I said, your thinking's all wrong. Paul said, it's far better. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. I'm going to straight between the two, whether to stay with you or to depart, because I know to depart is not better. It's far better. So if that's the worst that could happen to you, something that's far better than currently what your life is. That kind of removes the issue. Come on. You say, you think crazy. Well, no, the world thinks crazy. If crazy people call you crazy, what does that make you? Amen. So our minds must be renewed to this authoritative mindset. Now, let me say this. I brought this out in the first service. It's frustrating. There's nothing you can do about it. One of the ways that people, and I'm talking about people, I'm talking about Christianity that stands on the peripheral and doesn't enter into this. One of their descriptions of not only myself, but the guys I hang around with, people like Pastor Mark Brzee and, and Pastor Paul Chase and, and Pastor Sam Carr, people like Christopher Allum who will be here at our fall harvest, uh, Egan Falk, uh, my contemporaries in ministry that I hang around, my crowd that I hang around with. My, my fathers in the faith, men like Brother John Osteen, Brother Hagen, Oral Roberts, uh, 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 different men like that, and you. Here's, here's what they say about us. Oh, they're so arrogant. They're so haughty. They're just arrogant. They're just haughty. You get around them, and, and, and if you're sick, they don't have any compassion. They're just talking about God healing you. Amen. Amen. We've been accused of that for years. No, we're not arrogant. We're not haughty. We just understand a level of authority that a lot of people will never enter into. Amen. You've got to understand God desires to do these mighty works in and through us. We're going to maybe next week study the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and his authority. But you've got to understand something about Jesus. He wasn't walking around on earth saying, let me show you some God stuff. Let me show you some God stuff. Let me show you some God stuff. No, he was walking as a man in correct relationship to his God saying, let me show you what you can do in the new covenant. Let me show you what you can do in the new covenant. Let me show you what you can do in the new covenant. That's not haughty. That's not conceited, stuck up. Well, they just think we know, they know everything. No, we don't know everything. But man, what we know, we know. What we know, we're not going to let go of. What we know is truth and nothing on this planet is going to talk us out of it. Amen. 
So don't be conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let me just say this. This takes effort. What we say early when we first started this, this will not work with a lazy mind. I use my, I use my, my, my cousin Joey out in California for an illustration in the early service this morning. He, he's a, lives out there. I guess they, they still dabble with electric, electricity, uh, uh, electrical business and air conditioning a little bit. But, but we've known, of course, we grew up together. We knew, we've known them all of our lives. And, and, you know, we lived here in Texas. They lived in Southern California. We'd go back and forth to a, a, a vacation every year. We'd drive out there and, or they'd come here. And so we kind of grew up. And, and all about 35 years ago, Alan and I went out there on a surf trip. We were all wild and crazy back then, long hair, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, 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 you know, you could pretty much see our mindsets were messed up. Now, a few years later, I got right with God, Alan got right with God, and Joey had a breakthrough in his life. Quit all that stuff, got delivered from it, served God on the level that he does. But he, not only with his business, he began to dabble in law enforcement. He became a reserve police officer. Then he pursued that till at one point he was actually a, a, a chief of police of a little township right around L.A., and when you get around Joey, there's, a, there's, a, there's this authority. You can ask Leah. There, there's this kind of a, uh, it's kind of an obnoxious authority, but it is an authority. When you walk into his garage, he has four gun safes. There's no Twinkies in them. This is in Southern California. I know one gun safe. We were looking at, he has nothing but 45 automatics. He loves 45s. He collects them. And nothing but 45 automatics. And when you're around him, I guarantee you, you feel safe. If you're in his truck, you know, he's got one stuck down his back. He's got one in his sock. And he's got an AR in the back. I mean, and whatever goes on, Joey going to take care of it. Amen? Now listen, listen. A story was told many years ago about Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. And I heard the story from the man that it happened to. Brother Hagan invited another pastor to go with him on a trip to California. They would be there for two weeks ministering. The man that he invited was a pastor up in the Fort Worth area, was a diabetic. And on the way out of town, he asked Brother Hagan to stop by the pharmacy and get his uh, uh, insulin, insulin medication so that they could go on the trip. So, you know, without my medication, I, I couldn't make the trip. Brother Hagin just drove right by it. Kept on driving. Oh, God freaked this guy. Wait, 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 wait. He said, no, no. He said, as long as you're in my presence, you will not need your insulin. Well, this, it kind of freaked this guy out. Well, he testified. While I was on that ministry trip with him, I ate cake, I ate pie, I ate ice cream sundaes, I ate all the food I wanted. He said, and for four weeks after I came home, I had no insulin and my blood was perfect. He said, after the fifth week, I had to start taking insulin again. He said, when I started taking that insulin again, I recognized I don't know nothing about my authority. So he began to study his authority and he got himself off that stuff and got himself healed of diabetes. Now, someone would say, well, you know, that Brother Hagen, he's a prophet. No, let me tell you something. Brother Hagen was so developed in his authority in Christ that you could get around him and your disease would not operate. Now, God doesn't just want that for one preacher that comes on one time in, in, in 4,000 years. God wants that for every person. He wants that for every individual where you are so schooled in your authority that you get around people that are sick and their sickness and disease cannot operate. 
John G. Lake, when, when, the, when, the, when the plague, the, the tuberculosis plague was, was going on in Africa and people were dying by the thousands, they'd die and this bloody flux would come out of them. And it was teeming with these tuberculosis germs. And, the, and the, uh, uh, when the relief uh, ship came in, they were doing research on it. They asked him on the ship and they asked him, what do you do, Dr. Lake, for preventative? He said, let me tell you my preventative. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes me free from the law of sin and death. They said, could we do, could do an experiment on you? He said, yeah. He said, take and touch this, touch this, touch this mic, uh, what do they call it? They put it in the microscope. Uh, touch this slide. On that slide was some of that bloody flux with teeming with millions of that bacteria that causes that disease. And he said, when John G. Lake touched it, it all died. It all died. See, that's authority. God wants you walking in that authority. That authority is yours, but you've got to renew your mind to it. To where you don't think I'm going to get something. You don't think something's going to overtake me. You don't think something's going to over. Man, I tell you on TV today, if you listen to enough TV, they already got you dead and buried. Amen. I mean, they got this disease and this disease and that disease. And if, if you've been born from 1920 to 1945, you got this disease. And you better get checked for this disease. And you better, and you know, that disease. And if you've had chicken pox, you're going to get this disease. And you're going to get that. I mean, they'll drive you crazy. And then all of the pharmaceuticals, my goodness, the side effects alone. One of the side effects is death. Well, come on. Might as well drink gasoline. That's a side effect, isn't it? We have to be delivered out of that. We can't be conformed to that. We must be renewed by taking the Word of God on a consistent basis and removing bad information and putting good information. Amen. Amen. I remember when Lee and I, the first trip we made to the Philippines in 1989, it was a very tumultuous time in the Philippines. Uh, a lady named Aquino was president. And they had, uh, a renegade general had broke loose from the army and went down to Mindanao and wanted Mindanao to become its own nation. Now, when we flew into Manila, we went to a, a, a uh, we were with Sister Redmond, Christian Missionary Association. She had us in a, in a place where missionaries transition into the Philippines from, so we were staying there. And, and when they found out we were going to Mindanao, they went crazy. You remember that? I mean, we had them come and sit us down. You can't go down there. They're murdering preachers. Remember they told us they murdered, they said they murdered 400 preachers down. Did you know we found out that was a lie? You know, that's what fear will do. Fear just, fear is the hotbed for lies to be created. They said, uh, the last congressman that tried to go down there, they shot him when he got off the, and they were just, I mean, they were just going on and on and on and trying to convince us that we couldn't go. But you know, God told us to go. And we had renewed our mind with the word of God. And we never had any fear that got a hold of us. And we never had any type of, uh, of, of, of resistance. We just, we were so happy to be doing the work and the will of God. We were having a blast. Amen. And we, we, we flew from uh, Manila down to Zimbonga. Has anybody ever been to Zimbonga? Well, y'all guys need to get out more, amen? <laughs> amen. I mean, I, I, everybody ought to go to Zimbonga at least once. Anyway, we fly down there. And a man, a guy picks us up in a Jeep. I sit in the front seat. Uh, Leah and Sister Redmond sit in the back seat. And we drive how many hours? Three hours through what looked like a Vietnam War movie. I mean, every turn, every bend was a unit of soldiers, armed, 
sitting at a machine gun, ready to do battle. There were trucks and military equipment passing by us, tanks. We roll into the city, and the first person who wants to talk to us is the mayor. We have a picture of Leah and I and Sister Redmond standing with the mayor of a city of about 250,000 people. This is what he said. He said, we're so thankful that you would be brave enough to come down here and preach the gospel in our city. We will turn out, now we have a police department, but we also have a city militia. We will turn out the militia. They will surround your hotel and make sure you are protected. And I remember Lee and Sister Redmond, they just kind of looked at me. And so I looked at him and I said, no, we won't need it. We don't need it. We're fine. If we do need anything, we'll let you know. But we're happy to be in your city. He was shocked. Are you sure? He asked us three times. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? We were sure. You say, why? We'd already taken authority over every devil, over any demon over anything that would try to harm or stop that meeting from going on. And it went on all week long and was glorious. We did six meetings a day in a crusade at night and we saw hundreds of people get saved and healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. And the will of God was done because somebody walked in there and exercised some authority. How many, how many of those preachers canceled? There was a whole lineup of preachers that were supposed to, all of them canceled because of fear. All of them canceled because of fear. You can't be fearful. I'm telling you, there's an authority in you that is of God. It's greater than Satan himself. It's greater than any disease. It's greater than any addiction. It's greater than any problem that you face. But you've got to learn to think in that mode, and you've got to learn to operate and exercise it. There's a, there's a, a, a movie years ago. I tried to find out what the name of it was. I'd seen it. It was with Clint Eastwood. He went to, to at that time, it was the Soviet Union to steal a jet fighter. Say it again. Firefox. I knew something. Fox, fire, Firefox, something like that. But if you remember, he had to learn the Russian language, not just how to read it and write it, but he had to learn how to think it. Remember that? Because you put a helmet on in this new type of jet and it only worked by your thoughts. So he had to think Russian he couldn't think American. He had to think Russian to get the thing started. He had to think Russian to get the, to get the, uh, 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 the weapon system to come on. He had to think Russian to get the radar. Now listen, the same thing's true. You're in a foreign nation. You say, I'm an American. That, that has nothing to do with it. You're on a foreign planet. Let, it, let me put it that way. You say, what do you mean? No, no, we're citizens of another city. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're heading back to a place we've never been to. Amen? But we are citizens of that kingdom. And because of that, we speak a different language. And you're going to have to think a different language in order to operate. Because listen, if you say one thing, and, and, and if, if you think one thing and say another, you're double-minded. And there's so many people that say the right thing, but you see the fruits of their life. And you know, they no, longer, they no more believe that than they believe they're an astronaut or whatever. You say, what do you mean by that? You must think the thoughts of God. And when it comes to your authority, God wants you to know you're more than a conqueror. Amen. Amen. I love, I love uh, uh, Pastor Creflo Dollar's uh, uh, illustration of that that he gave years ago. Uh, uh, Evonda Holyfield was one of his members of his church when he won a big fight. 
and he got like $45 million. So he described the fight. It went the, the distance went 12 or 15 rounds and he described the battle and the fight and the punches and how he almost got knocked down, but he got up and he kept fighting and he kept fighting. And then at the end of the fight, here he is bruised and battered, but he's a conqueror. And they lifted his hand and put the belt around his, around his middle. And he was the heavyweight champion of the world. And then he said it like this. He got that $45 million check. He came home and his little five-foot wife reached over and said, thank you. <laughs> and he said it like this. He was the conqueror, but she was more than a conqueror. I've got good news. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died. But the good news is he died with all of your sin, all of your iniquity, any disease that would attack your body, any addiction that would get on you, any negative thing that is coming to humanity through Adam's fall, he put it on himself and he used the power of death and he died with it. But then he rose up and a new life became available for every whosoever would call upon his name and the authority and the power of that new life has been deposited in you. But if you don't have the information, if you don't download the information, it's never going to help you. Amen? I mean, if somebody gave you an information, you know, what, what's they're always looking for? In, uh, um, Lafitte's treasure. How many have ever heard of that? That somewhere in Galveston Island is buried this big, you know, pile of gold or whatever it is. So somebody gives you a map and says, you know, here's Lafitte's treasure. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, just like everybody just did, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 so you never go, you know, you never go dig or you never go do anything. And then all of a sudden, three weeks from now, front page of Galveston Daily News, they found Lafitte's treasure. And you look at your map, you look at the newspaper, you look at your map, you look at the newspaper, and you realize, oh, my goodness. I had the map. I had the map. I should have went and dug up the treasure. God wants you to dig up the treasure and begin to place it into your life by thinking the thoughts of God, walking in the authority of God, and making a decision. I'm not letting the devil kick me around anymore. Now, let me close with this. This will help you. A lot of people get just enough teaching on this to get inspired. And they'll go home and they say, devil, out of my house, out of my finances, out of my body. And then two days later, they're flat on their back going, my goodness, I should have never went to that church. I done stirred up something about to kill me. Amen. It's a process you begin, but you have to begin it. You have to begin it. You have to make a decision. I'm going to begin this process because listen, this is your life. This is your strength. This is your health. This is your prosperity. I'm going to tell you what else. It is your joy. I said, it is your joy because you will come to a place where you say, wait a minute, this stuff works. It absolutely works. There'll be a time in which either in your body or your finances or something going on in your home, you just say, no, no, this ain't happening any longer. In the name of Jesus, devil, get out of my life, get out of my home, get out of my finances, get out of my body, and you will see a corresponding action that will take place that is not of you. You say, what is it of? It's of everything that backs you up, 
which is your heavenly Father, Jesus, your risen Savior, the Holy Ghost that abides and empowers you, and the power of this Word. And if you think there's anything in this universe that can stand against that, you're wrong. The only thing that defeats the the believer is the believer. Years ago in ministry, I'll close with this, my time's up. In, in using the word qualified, you know, I ran from God at age 17, felt like I disqualified myself from ministry. I'm not qualified anymore for that. And the Lord spoke to me and said, no, I qualified you before you were ever born. And then he said this, I'll never forget, that's in prayer, time of fasting and prayer. The Lord says, Satan cannot disqualify you for anything I have qualified you for. Now, that, that, that's true of all of us. But this, this is what the Lord said. He says, what Satan wants to do is to get you to disqualify yourself because you're the only one that can do it. You say, how do we do that? Well, number one, we do it through apathy and complacency. Don't learn to live with misery. You say, what do you mean by that? If something's going on in your life that's not God, Use your authority and get it out of your life. A lot of people, they just learn to live with it. I've just learned to live with misery. Don't do that. The human condition is miserable and is geared that direction. There's there's millions of people all around us today that are miserable. They're not happy. They have no joy. There's no peace in their life. But they've learned to live with it. They know how to suppress it a little bit, pour a little whiskey on it, spread a little coke on it, you know, blow a little weed on it. Come on. Take a few tablets for it, whatever it takes. I can live with it. But here's the thing. Jesus paid a horrible price so you don't have to live with that misery any longer and you can get that misery out of your life. But you have to maximize the potential of it. You say, well, Pastor, you're just talking about thinking about the Bible every day. Why not? You got something better to think on? Paul tells you to think on these things. If not, what are you going to be doing? Instead of having that bug zapper in your head, you're just going to have a sponge that the enemy's going to load up with his thoughts. And every time you turn around, you're going to be thinking, I ain't going to make it. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be broke. If they lay off anybody at the job, it's going to be me. I've heard people talk so negatively. If anybody gets fired, it'll be me. If anybody gets sick this week, it'll be me. If anybody's car gets run over, if anybody's dog gets run over, it'll be my dog. If anybody's car gets wrecked, it'll be my my car. And that's the amazing thing about it. You can have a brand new car, brand new car. Before you're saved, you stand around that car and say, oh man, they fooled me again, got another piece of junk. Not only that, I financed it for 72 months. It won't last 60 What'll happen? Exactly what you said. But then you get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you know? You know, your neighbor, he's over there drinking Miller Lite, saying the same thing with you when you were unsaved. You know, he's, yeah, I had the same thing. It broke down. Train hit it before we paid it off. <laughs> but now you get saved. You get filled with the Holy Ghost. You come to Island Church for a year, and you get a brand new car, and it's sitting there. You go, wow, look at my new car. It's blessed of God. I'm going to pay it off before it's time. 
Its tires aren't going to wear out. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to dent it. Nobody, I tell you, it's blessed. I'm never going to have her. And they'll think, ooh, that boy lost his mind. Well, you have. You've lost your mind and you have the mind of Christ. Amen. Lift your hands and thank God today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word. That the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. That forever, O oh Lord, your word and our authority is settled in heaven. Now say out loud, Heavenly Father, thank you. You have placed a divine authority in me, a power, not of this world, but of you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, I consecrate myself to learn of it, to think of it, to renew my mind with it, and to walk in it. Devil, your days of tormenting my life are over. I have authority over you in Jesus' name. I will think the thoughts of God. I will walk in the ways of God. And I will see the works of God in my mind, in my words, and in my life. In Jesus' name. Now thank God for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.